Dr. Abel Damina is the founder and president of Abel Damina Ministries International and CEO of Kingdom Live Network, a Christian satellite TV channel covering Africa, America, Canada, and parts of Asia. He's the senior pastor of Power City International, a multifaceted, multicultural, and multinational gospel center where thousands meet weekly to worship God. He's also the president of International Covenant Ministers Association, a body that provides covering and ministerial resources for ministers of the gospel globally. Dr. Abel Damina hosts the TV program Righteous Invasion of Truth on KLN Africa and KICC TV Europe, through which millions are being transformed across the world. He travels around the globe preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ with demonstration of power, and he is a prolific writer and author of several books, which includes The Priesthood of Jesus, The Gospel Reign of Life and Immortality, Grace the Struggle-Free Zone, and The God Class, amongst others. He's happily married to Rachel, and they're blessed with three lovely girls, Jemima, Jazimel, and JL, the Triple J, who are blessed with a singing sensation. Now, ladies and gentlemen, with a standing ovation, I bring to the stage Dr. Abel Damina. Accepted in the beloved. We're complete in you, the head of all principalities and powers. Thank you for grace that is available to us. And we declare that your word comes with clarity. Your people are built up, equipped, edified, and Jesus is glorified. Thank you, Lord, that as your word comes forth, everyone leaves this place better than when they came. Thank you for the blessing upon your people. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says a powerful amen. amen. If you're excited about the word of God this, this morning, go ahead and give Jesus the greatest celebration. <laughs> Glory! Amen! You can be seated with your sweet smart self this afternoon or morning, whatever the time is. Once again, appreciate the set man of this house and the first lady of this house, Pastor Daddy Ken and the, the first lady of this house. Can we celebrate them both for, for your love for God's people, your love for the work of the kingdom, your commitment, your devotion, your sacrifices to see that the gospel continues to thrive, not only in Bielsa, but around the world. We love you, man. And we stand with you. We believe in what you are called to do. We believe in what you are doing. We believe in what you represent. And we're all behind you trusting God that all that God has committed into your hands finds expression. Once again, glad to be with you at uh, uh, the Refined People's Assembly. We also want to appreciate all the leadership partners and those who continually support this vision to see to it that nothing that God has spoken to you lacks expression. Thank you again for having me come. Always a joy to be here and to see these wonderful, precious, priceless people whom Jesus has purchased with his blood. I also want to appreciate Neon, Minister Neon. What a blessing, man. I tell you, every time you're singing, I don't want you to stop. You know, just enjoy your spirit. We love you and we thank God for you. Great things ahead. I don't know, but you know, Neon, I, I really feel in my spirit to say this to you. And I'm not saying you should do it now, but I want you to to as you begin to pray and minister all over the world also be preparing yourself because i see you pastor in a church 
I don't know where it's going to happen. I don't know when. I don't know how. I don't know if the Lord has told you about it before now. But as you were just ministering here, I just kept seeing you standing before a church and teaching the word and raising people for the kingdom of God along with your singing. I don't know if God has told you anything, but that's what the Spirit of God told me. So, you know, have that in mind. Prayerfully, just keep, you know, following. But when it happens, remember I'm here. We love you. <laughs> glory to God. I said glory to God. All right. We came with Pastor Philemon. You know, I always come with him to Bielsa. You know, such a precious, precious gentleman. Praise God. Good to see Pastor Austin C. Bishop. All of you, good to see you. Thank you for taking the time from your services to get here and just fellowship with us. We really love you, man. You were with me in Uyo the whole week, man. So good to have you back. Praise God. And all the men of God that are here that I might not have seen, we're not ignoring you. We love you. We appreciate all you do for the kingdom, wherever you are. I came with my books. They're out there. Make sure you stop by the book stand and get something that you will continue to read to build yourself in the knowledge of Christ. Let's get in the word. I have some bus stops to move you away from. Is that true? A vital part of Bible interpretation and teaching is the ability to give a defense or to give an answer on issues and controversies that arise to explain subjects discussed in the Bible. So, in Bible study or Bible teaching, the job of a Bible teacher is to ensure that he upholds the integrity of the scriptures. At no point must a teacher of the word attempt to deviate from what already has been written. To extra biblical sources such as experiences, opinions, and feelings. Your nuances are not permitted to be included in the interpretation of the text of scripture. You are not even permitted to think for the scriptures. Because the scriptures has its own thinking pattern and has its own thoughts that it seeks to communicate. So in Bible teaching or Bible study, we allow the scriptures interpret itself. The scriptures are self-explanatory. They are self-explanatory. That is, within the text of scriptures are all the answers to the questions that arise from the same scriptures or that arises in your life. So the scriptures are complete in themselves. They do not rely on anybody trying to make the scriptures sound correct. It is correct in itself. So, Bible teaching is the ability to take the scriptures and let the scriptures interpret itself in a bead to bring out the original thought of the author. Because the scriptures can never mean today what it never meant when it was first written. Whatever it meant when it was first written, the changing times don't interfere with it. Which means Bible teaching is the ability to communicate from the pages of scriptures the original thought of the author when it was authored. Hence, the preacher of the gospel has an uphill task to be able to navigate through the pages of scripture to 
taking into consideration the figures of speech, the culture of the day, the parables, the mysteries, to be able to communicate from the scripture, taking into cognizance the environment, the immediate environment in which the events happened, what the intent was for those events, and how it tallies with the substance that the scriptures seeks to communicate. John chapter 1 verse 1 tells us, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word word is the Greek word logos. In the beginning was the logos. The word logos is where you have the word logic. Logic has to do with a thinking pattern. So, in the beginning was the thinking pattern. Or, logos, logic, is where you have the idea. In the beginning was the idea, the thought. The thought, the design, the architecture. In the beginning was the intent, the plan, the program, the agenda, the purpose, the design. Yeah, in the beginning was the idea of the author that points to a destination in the beginning and this idea this thought this design this thinking pattern was with god this thinking pattern took up flesh as god in human flesh and walked among men to clarify to demystify and to bring to light the intent of the author as it were in the beginning putting aside every seeming contradiction and allaying every fear to rest by bringing out the clarity that all the authors were working on to reveal so that you can see clearly what was the thought of the author when the words were spoken before they were documented now stay with me because i'm going to go somewhere with all of these <clears throat> so the scriptures therefore are authoritative in itself one book one message one revelation communicated over so many years by different authors over the years and all of it together is tied as one message. That is what gives authenticity and credibility to the text of scripture. That over the years, centuries, men that never met, men that never were together, sat down and spoke and wrote. And when all the materials were collected together, they were saying the same thing. Which means the Bible is a revelation one revelation a singular revelation which means the bible is not a variety the bible is a singular revelation that is communicated through the ages that takes up a body in the four gospels to demystify the mysteries of the ages and clarify them and create a clear path for the revelation of god in the mind of the student now I said all of that because of what I'm about to say. Stay with me, everybody. <clears throat> In the first service, we began to travel through the ages. 
beginning at Moses and all the prophets, we established that Jesus' theology was Moses' theology. And we saw that the Pauline theology was Moses' theology. Because that was the pattern of apostolic tradition and apostolic communicator of the text of scripture. Beginning at Moses, in all the scriptures, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So we began to look at the wrath of God and we established in the first service that every time you saw the wrath of God in all of the Old Testament pages, it was wrath against sin. Wrath against sin. And we said it is replete in the Old Testament. You will not see it in the New Testament as much as you see it in the Old Testament. And then we travel through a number of scriptures and I'm just going to move a little bit in this service. Now, Look at the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. Ephesians chapter 1 verse number 4. <laughs> According as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So we establish at the end of the first service that God does not react. Because God saw time and all that will happen within time before time. God traveled through the eons of time to the end of time and saw everything that was going to happen and traveled back before time and then started time. So nothing takes him by chance. That means if nothing takes him by surprise, it means that God never reacts because to react means to catch up with something that took you by surprise. Nothing surprises him. And we said God knew that Adam would sin. He saw Adam sin before he created Adam. Therefore, he now made a way of escape for Adam. And we ended the service with temptations. It's not a sin to be tempted. Everybody who is a human being is tempted. Let no man say when I'm tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted. How many men? every man every man when he's drawn away of his own desires every human being has desires if you don't have desires you're not a human what defines humans is desire no temptation has taken you but such as is common to man so temptation is common to man and god is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above what you, you are able to handle. And he will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be at it. Now, so we saw the motions of sin and we are still looking at it. So, before the foundation of the world, he has chosen us in Christ. Look at 1 Peter 1.20. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 20. But as he which had called you is holy, so be ye holy... In all manner of conversation. The word holy there is be set apart. Now look at Titus chapter 1 verse 2 and 3. Titus chapter 1 verse 2 and 3. In hope of eternal life. Which God that cannot lie. Promised before the foundation of the world. So before the fall of Adam, God's promise was eternal life. Before the fall of Adam, God chose us in him. 
He promised. He chose us in him before the fall of Adam. Which means the plan was eternal life. The plan was not the fall. But the fall allowed for the plan to find expression. Am I communicating? Please stay with me, I beg you. Because sometimes when we deal with subjects like these that are very, very, very critical and very, very, very fundamental to the core of a human, you need to pay attention. Somebody said to me, but if God really loves man, why does God allow man to suffer? God is not the reason why you suffer. God is not the reason why you suffer. You suffer because you made choices that you couldn't control their outcome. Remember, you have the right to make the choice, but you do not have the power to control the outcome of the choice. So you are a free moral agent, but your freedom is not infinite. You're only a free moral agent to the degree to which you can make choice. But you're not free in determining the outcome of the choice. That's why a boy, a radical boy, can pick a girl on the road, rape her, and get her pregnant. Is God for rape? No. Does God bless rape? No. Why did the boy rape the girl and she's pregnant? Because when God created the universe, he put into the universe abilities and systems. And allows man by his choice to trigger any system or ability. It is not God that gives children. It is man and woman that decides children. That's why in science you can block the process of productivity. And God will not push it. Because man has the power to determine whether he wants to have children or not. It shows you that God is not part of all that happens which means that to say what god cannot do does not exist is a fallacy because there are things that god cannot do that exist god cannot lie lie exists god cannot die death exists god cannot steal stealing exists so it's not true that what God cannot do does not exist. Because there are many things God cannot do that are existing. See, don't be following slogans. Study your Bible. People like us, those things, they don't enter our ears. Because we have what we listen to. And as your father, it's my duty to put things right. There are many things God cannot do. Many. He cannot force you to come to church. You came to church by choice. And if you refuse to come, he will honor your choice. In fact, God will honor your choice to go to hell. And he will love you to hell. People who go to hell, it is the love of God. Why? Love does not insist on its own. So if you love somebody, you don't compel them. You honor their choice and respect their choice. So because God loves man, he will honor your choice if you decide to go to hell. And he will escort you gracefully until you get there. When you get there, anything you find. Because that area is outside the confines of his grace.
So the boy raped the girl. The girl is pregnant. Why? Because inside the girl, there is a system. And inside the man, there is a system. When two of them meet and trigger those systems, those systems have the ability within the system to produce a baby. The only human being that God produced by himself is Adam. That's why Adam does not have deformity. To show you that God is not the one responsible for pregnancy and childbirth. Some children come out without eyes. Some children come out with bent legs. Some children come out with disease. Some children come out with jaundice. That cannot be God. He's perfect in all of his ways. So we're waiting for God to give us a baby. You better go and get a baby. I'm very serious. You better go. Somebody say, where do I go to? Find out where the system is working. And make the system work. You know, when I did the teaching with you that babies don't come from heaven. All religious people wanted to, they wanted to fight me. Because they always believe that it is God that gives children. No. You are responsible for the children you have. That's why you can determine to have two or three or ten. And if you have ten, don't come to us telling us there are many. When you were producing them, you should have known that there will be many. So don't make us feel bad that you couldn't take care of your ten children because we didn't all contribute. It is not a general contribution business. Every family ought to produce the number they can take care of. Somebody is busy pregnanting his wife every year, every year, every year, every year. Eh? Mama Obiageri, she has produced five. Every, 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 every year. She almost died the fifth one. And you want to push another one. Why? You say it is the gift of God. Eh, eh. It is the foolishness of you and your wife. It is not the gift of God. You have the ability to stop it. You have the ability to control it. You even have the ability to determine to space the children. So you don't wear your wife out in a hurry. Because there's something, there's something that childbirth does to a woman's body. Why am I getting into all of this? Because somebody needs to hear it. Who am I to stop God? I tried to stop it last day. It has come again. You didn't try anything. You are presumptuous. You are not proactive. Medical science has come out with different ways to block it and to create it. In fact, medical science has advanced to a level they can help you produce a boy if that's what you want. And they can help you produce a girl if that's what you want. And if you want three, medical science has come out with advanced technology. They will make sure three come out. If you want eight, medical science has grown to that level. It shows you the level to which God has given man power on the earth. And the moment the child is born, whether he came by medical science or he came by IVF or he came by surrogacy, whatever form, as the moment the child is born, he begins to tick in God's plan. He fits in. Because God's plan is not individuals. God's plans are not dependent on individuals. God's plan is Christ. 
So when all individuals are born to navigate into God's plan, once you enter Christ, there's a path for you. Am I teaching good? Say with me, God is good. Say Satan is bad. Say God is not responsible for evil on the earth. Say man is responsible. And man decides to give Satan access to carry out evil. I didn't hear a good amen. Now, I'm, I'm building something because you need to come to a place where you can defend the, defend the integrity of the gospel. Now, a key fact you need to understand is that there is a harmony to all of scripture. There are no contradictions. The contradictions only exist in the figment of men's imagination that lacks clarification and understanding. So where the, when there seems to be contradictions, they are only in the mind of the reader, not in the Bible. So a lackadaisical and haphazard approach to Bible study is the mother of all contentions and controversies, which leads to false teachings and erroneous teachings. So where there seems to be a contention on a subject matter, key things that ought to be de decided or delivered are, number one, is this, this subject matter written in the books of the Bible? We don't waste our time on fables. Somebody is asking me, where did Ken find his wife to marry? That's not the subject matter of the Bible. Anywhere he found his wife, he found wife and he married. The Bible is not a chronology of marriages. It's the message of Christ. So such issues are irrelevant in the scheme of Bible study. We are loud where the Bible is loud. We are silent where the Bible is silent. Teaching good? So we stay on the subject matter. Somebody say subject matter. What is the subject matter of scripture? The Bible is a theology. The theology of the Bible is Christology. All right? And in Christology, you find out that the message, the content of Christology is soteriology. The content of Christology is soteriology. Matthew 121. She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Why? He shall save his people from what? Their sin. So, the, the intent of the Bible is to unveil God's redemptive plan. God's redemptive plan. How God, in his mercy, stepped into the mess of man and fixed the mess of man by the sacrifice of his son. That's the message of the Bible. The Bible is not a book for material wealth. No. You don't use the Bible to teach money making. No. It is a poor material for money making. Very poor. If you follow the Bible to make money, you'll be poor all your life. That's why the poorest people are in church. There is no connection between theology and economics. They are not connected in any way. No connection. That's why when you went to economics class, they didn't use Bible as a textbook. And those of you who did CRK, they never use economics book as CRK. 
each of them is in their line and when you specialize when you specialize in economics of or accounting no bible is considered because it is not a material for wealth creation the bible is a material for the eternity of men how man and god relates makes peace and lives in harmony on earth to guarantee eternity that's what the bible offers i'm teaching good yes. that's what the bible offers the bible doesn't teach anybody to make money all the rich people in the bible use secular means to make money from abraham died abraham was a shrewd wicked businessman he was an oppressor abraham go read your bible he was an oppressor and a very smart one at that. When he discovered he was broke, he used his wife as collateral to bring money. And men that fell for the beauty of his wife paid dearly. You don't understand. Go and read your Bible. Somebody was telling me somewhere. But Solomon prayed after giving God a thousand burnt offerings. And in that night, God said to Solo, Solo, what do you want? Solo said, I want wisdom. God said, I will not only give you wisdom, I will give you money. That's what you read in the Old Testament. Think with me. Solomon was a king. No king was broke. Solomon doesn't need to give God offering for God to make him wealthy. By his natural office, he was wealthy. Remember, all the wealth of David was kept for Solomon. He wasn't a broke man looking for money. So he didn't need to offer offerings to make wealth. He was already wealthy. And Solomon was very wicked. He oppressed poor people, oppressed them with taxes, serious taxes and collected and collected. That's why when his children came, they said, ah, our fathers use smaller measures. We, we will flog you with scorpions. Because they learned the tricks from their father on how to make wealth, not from God. Seller. See, I hear you. Why do we come to church? To encounter eternal realities. Eternal realities. Every other thing you can get out. The only thing you cannot get outside are eternal realities. Why? That is why God has set pastors to feed you with eternal realities. So you arrive at a place of fulfillment. See, in the secular, you can succeed, but you're not fulfilled. That's why politicians keep amassing wealth and they're not satisfied. They keep because there's a vacuum in them seeking for fulfillment that money cannot satisfy. The reason is because that space, only eternal realities will fill it. And let me tell you, you may not have too much money, but you're fulfilled because you have found your place in Christ. What did Jesus say to the woman? The water you drink, you will keep being thirsty. But the water that I shall give you, once you drink it, you never thirst. Meaning, I am through satisfaction. I'm teaching good. If you're following, say I'll follow you. So in Bible teaching, we must stay within the text of scripture because the text of scripture unveils the realities of God. 
And somebody said to me, but the Bible says, give and it shall be given good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. And a pastor was preaching somewhere where I was privileged to be because I was also a guest speaker in that conference. One of the greatest nightmares you will have is attend a conference where world teachers like us are also preaching. Because the word of God defines things. That's why motivational speakers are afraid of the pulpit where we mount. Because the word of God makes rubbish of motivation. It's like Jesus and Elijah and, and Moses stand on the same pulpit. Moses and Elijah will disappear. Only Jesus shines out. So the teaching of Christ stands out. So this guy was busy talking. He said, you know, there are four levels of prosperity. I was sitting there, decay. There are four levels of prosperity in the Bible. The first one is good measure. The second one is pressed down. The third one is shaking together. And the fourth level is running over. I said, wonderful. Wonderful. Let me see how he will walk through this scripture. Then he now began to talk about conditions that you must meet to move from one level to another. I don't know what he was saying because he had already he had already sent me out of the service. I was already meditating on how I will correct this mess and preach the word of God to these people. Then I just overheard him say, you know, everybody pays tithe. Every human being pays tithe. And he says, even animals pay tithe. So in my mind, I'm like, wonderful. I've never seen that before. <laughs> no, I want to hear this one. He says, animals pay tithe. He said, if you don't pay tight, even animals are wiser than you. That is, you are less than an animal. Then he's talking and I'm, I'm like, whoa. I want to hear this animal side. He said, you know, once upon a time, there was a man called Daniel. Daniel. They took him and threw him into the lion's den. The lions came together and said, we've been hungry. But after being hungry for long, it is only one that is coming in. Let us give him to God as tight. I stood up. I carried my Bible. I told the host, I'm very tired. I want to go and rest since I'm preaching tomorrow. That's how I left that service. I can't have my ears corrupted. Lions pay tight. Is tight one? Tight is ten. There should have been ten Daniels. When people don't want to stay with the text of scripture, they will force the Bible to say what the Bible is not saying. And if you are not a good reader of the Bible, you too will fall into it. That's why the Bible says, "Don't let anybody take you captive by vain philosophy, idle fancy, plain nonsense." Do your due diligence. Study the Bible. You see, you come to church for us to guide you. When we finish guiding you, you go home, you study. Like you go to school for lectures. Your lecturer will teach you and guide you. But you still have to go and read your textbook and read your books at home. We are like teachers. We give you the framework. We guide you as to how to study it. And we show you how to do it. Then you go home and eternalize it. So you become grounded and stable so that you too can help Pastor Daddy Ken to make his work easy. 
where he is supposed to be the one doing all over, he can tell you, take care of that. You take care of that because he knows that you have arrived at a place of, of stability in the understanding of Christ. Am I communicating? Are you catching this? Don't follow slogans. Study your Bible. When praises go up, blessings come down. Fraud. 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 No praise can bring blessing down. No praise. Blessing came before praises began. It is because blessings came. We praise in appreciation. We don't praise to bring blessing down. We praise in response to the blessing that came in Christ. I'm teaching here. So stop trying to use praise to move God. God moved before you learned how to praise. It was the movement of God that gave us praise. Yes. Somebody said, but Paul and Silas sang and at midnight the place was shaking because of the singing. No, 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 no. It was not the singing that shook the place. It was the revelation in their heart. They took the revelation of God's word in their heart and gave it a reading. So it is not the song, rather the revelation. It's not a song. Why do we sing? Singing is teaching. Singing is teaching. You see this music people, the seraphs, right? They are word teachers. See, that's why Neon was leading us in praise. And if you follow the words, they were all in agreement with what we believe in scripture. So, the words we were singing with him was just a rehearsal of what we have been taught that we agree with. That's why the songs made meaning to us. That's why I could tell the guys, don't play again. Sing. And even when you sang those words without instrument, you were still blessed. Because it's not the instruments that bring them gets you blessed. It is the, the essence of the words you are speaking. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual kebatokata. That is speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and pneumaticos. Pneumaticos means things of the spirit and things in the spirit. So we speak to one another with things of the spirit and things in the spirit. That is as we are speaking to one another and singing songs, we are bringing out things from the spirit, things of the spirit to build one another. So the song must not be in a particular form. In a service like this, the song can be turned and twisted to communicate edification. Somebody's not hearing what I'm saying. So it's not praises that brings blessing. It is blessing that came that enables us to praise God for what he has done. Say, I hear you. Tell your neighbor, stay away from, from, from cliches. Stay away from cliches. Study your Bible. Stay away from high-sounding nonsense. Rhymes that do not arrive at anything stay away from them you are a bible church you are bible believers let your persuasion be bible let the bible be higher than what anybody says such that what everybody says you bring it down and check it in the light of scripture 
Say, I hear you. I'm not here to say, I hear you. It's a Bible church. Your pastor is a Bible man. And he follows a, 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 a word diet. I'm a word diet. If it's not in the word of God, it's a waste of time. Say, I hear you. Have you ever gone to biology class and they brought a Bible to read? Why? Because Bible is irrelevant to biology class. So why should we come to church for Bible and they are bringing biology, business, economics for us when we should be reading Bible? It's a contradiction. It's a waste of time. Your focus should be on the word. If it's not word, trash it. See, I hear. It's a very straight jacket. A pastor said to me, Dr. Damila, this your emphasis is, is too radical. How can you tell me that I should just be preaching Christ died, he was buried on the third day, he rose again. I will soon run out of material. I said, because you don't know Christ. Those of us who know him can never exhaust him. After 30 years of preaching, Christ died. He was buried on the third day. He rose again. Brother Paul had only one prayer, that I may know him. Uh -uh. After preaching him for 30 years, you are still praying to know him. That means there are depths in God. The, digger you, the, the more you dip digger, um, the more you dip deeper, the more you discover that you are still scratching the surface. There are depths. It is the unraveling of those depths that satisfies the soul. The more you dig, the more the scriptures come alive, the more Christ is real, the more satisfied you get. I'm serious. I'm serious. You stay in the world. And I'm not just talking about stay in the Bible. I'm talking about stay in the world. I'm talking about stay in the word. Don't stay in the Bible. Stay in the word. Because the word is in the Bible. Some say, but the Bible says, so far not the witch to live. You're staying in the Bible. I say, stay in the word. Yes, the Bible says, so far not the witch to live. But to whom was it spoken? Who said it? In what occasion? For what purpose? If you answer them, then you can use it. But if you don't answer those questions, leave it alone. It's not you he's talking to. God cannot be the giver of life and the taker of life. If God takes life, then Boko Haram has every right to function in every state of Nigeria. Because that means Boko Haram is a department in God's operation. You are not hearing what I'm saying. What do Boko Haram do? They take life. Why is Nigerian government against Boko Haram? Because they know that morally it is not right for human life to be taken. So why will God be the killer? Why will God be the murderer? God doesn't take life. He proved it over and over. Jesus met a woman that her only son was dead. Jesus told the woman to put him down. Little boy, arise. He gave her back to his mother. He said, I'm the God of the dead. I mean the God of the living and not the God of the dead. I'm teaching God here. God is life. And in him, there is no darkness at all. Am I teaching? Am I teaching? Now, John 14, verse 1. Me and you today now. One day Bible school. Let not your heart be troubled. 
You believe in God, believe also in me. Who said this? Let me hear you now. If you're not tired of me, let me hear it louder. So Jesus is saying, you believe in God, believe also in me. Next verse. In my father's house are many mansions. Many mansions. Now, this is what some Christians will read and say, there is a building construction in heaven. Where they are building and if you pray hard and evangelize hard, your boy's quarter will soon be finished. If you don't pray hard and evangelize hard, your, your boy's quarter will still be at foundation level. Have you heard that kind of preaching before? It's fallacy. It's not in this Bible. What he was saying is, in my father's dwelling place are many spaces. In my father's house, not houses. House. House. Are many mansions. Mansions don't stay in a house. Rather, it is houses in a mansion. But in this particular sentence, he said, in my father's house are many mansions. The word mansion is not English. The word mansion is Bible language. In my father's money, there are many oikias. In my father's dwelling place are many spaces. It's like, this is where the father dwells and there are many spots for you. Following? Watch the next verse. Next verse. And if I go and prepare a place for you. Now, go back to verse 2. <laughs> verse 2, brother. John 14. Two. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Why am I going? Refined people talk to me. Why am I going? Is my going for myself? Who is my going for? Who will benefit from my going? Do I need to go if it was I alone? Why now do I need to go? Because of you. So who will ultimately benefit from the going? You. I go, and this is the only reason why I will go. To prepare a place for you, not for me. I already have a place. You don't have a place. For you to have a place, I have to go. Next verse. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. So watch. I go, I come. So, Kabadaya. Matthew 28, 20. Matthew 28, 20. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you and lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Help me church. Amen. Amen. So, I am with you how many times? Always. What is always? What is all the time? What is every time? Huh? Now all I mean. Uh, uh. I am with you? So, if I say, Pastor Austin, I am with you always. And I go to meet Bishop. 
Am I still with Austin? Eh? No. Huh? How are you calculating the English? I told Austin I'm with you always. Then I am now with Bishop. Am I with Austin? So if I left Austin to come to Bishop, it means I didn't keep my word. It means I have no integrity. Because what I said is I am with you always. Not I will be. I am. That means from now, they will never find me without you. And they will never find you without me. Me and you, inseparable. Eh? I am with you how many times? Always. Unto what? Until the end of time. Are you here? Now, Jesus said this upon his resurrection. Then upon his resurrection, look at another narration. Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Next verse now. Next verse. And when he had spoken these things, Jesus, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud, if your Bible is mine, I will underline a cloud. And a cloud received him out of their sight. A cloud received him where? That means they didn't see him again. Next verse. And while they looked steadfastly toward where? Where will that be? Up. As he went up. So they saw him going up. Two men stood by them in white apparel. Next verse. Which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. The question is this. What did he say in Matthew 28, 20? I am with you how many times? What did they say he did here in Acts 1? So is Jesus lying? Can Jesus lie? Who is Jesus? God. Does God lie? God can can never lie. So what does he mean? Which means this verse and Matthew needs explanation. So what is Jesus communicating here? This will change your life. Say I hear you. John chapter 14 verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I go to prepare a place. I come. So question. Is the going departure or arrival? Eh? No wait now. Answer me. Don't play politics. Don't play politics with me. Ah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> That's political answer. Speak clearly. If you fail, we will correct it. And you lose nothing. I go, I come. Question. Is the going departure or arrival. Eh? 
Wait now. Are we not reasoning? I go, I come. And if I go, I prepare a place. When I prepare the place, I come, I receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Question, is the going departure or arrival? You Nigerians, it's your Nigerian English. You're going and you're telling somebody, are they come? Are they come? Ah, ah, boy, they go. Say, but are they come? <laughs> boy, you they go. Are they come? Uh, Deacon, are they come? Are they come? Ah, now so then they come. Are they come? Ah, if you they come, you suppose they come. Eh, are they come? Are they come? I'm teaching good this morning. Question Is the going departure or arrival? How many of you say departure? Wonderful. Put your hands up. How many of you say arrival? Ah, uh, ah, uh, now the church don't divide half, half. Wonderful. Some of you just do like this. You know, raise hand. I see your class. You are neither here nor there. It's arrival, departure, departure, arrival. <laughs> Political answer. <laughs> Somebody shout glory. glory. I go. Is the going departure or arrival? Okay. John 14, 18. Let's read together very loud. Remember, John chapter 1, I mean chapter 14, verse 1, 2, and 3 is a contextual statement. That's why we went down to verse 18 of the same discourse. So verse 18 is still part of the discourse that started with I go, I come. Remember they saw him go. But he himself said I'm not going anywhere. But they saw him go. So that's what we're trying to demystify. Are you in the house? Should I drop you in that bus stop or we should arrive? <laughs> Next year no limit. <laughs> We are going to destination fear not now so john 14 19 let's read very loud everybody everybody want to go yet a little while and the world seeth me no more but you see me the world doesn't see me that's why they saw me go but you see me. I will never leave you. They saw me go, but I didn't go. Because I never promised to go. I promised to be with you always. They see me go, but you know that I'm going nowhere. Am I teaching good? Now sit down, sit down. I will, I, will, I will soon give you another question. So you better follow well. Next verse. Let's read verse 20 together. Oh, very loud. Want to go? At that day, you shall know 
that I am in my father and ye in me Keep that somewhere. John 15, 26. Let's look at the post text. Let's read together. Everybody want to go. But when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. When he shall come. I will be with you always. I go. The comforter will come. I go. I come. I go. The comforter will come. Hmm. I go. The comforter will come. I will come. I go. I come. I go. The comforter will come in my name. I will never leave you. I will never leave you. The reason I'm going is to prepare a place for you. And I will come and carry you together. We'll be in the same place. I go. I come. I go. The comforter whom I will send in my name. I, comforter, comforter, I, I go, comforter, come, I come. Another comforter in my name. In my name. You think the Bible study easy? Mok we study them together. So I know we just give you answer. Pua, 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 pua. Mok we study this one. I go. I come. Another comforter I will send. I go for you. When I go for you, I send another comforter. I come. Me, I come. I do not come as me. I come as another comforter. It is still me coming. And I will abide in you. So the question now is, did Jesus go? Huh? Why didn't he go? He promised to stay. So when he went, where did he go? He went through death. Hmm? Destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up. I go. Destroy this temple. And in three days, I raise it up. They look at the temple of Solomon, but he speak of his body. So on the third day, he rose. The temple was built. What temple? Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So when I went, I went to make you the temple so I can come back and stay in the temple. You are the temple where he dwells. 
he never left he's still inside you if i'm teaching good shout i hear you the going was death burial resurrection because it is in death burial resurrection that he will prepare the temple where he himself will dwell in forever are we teaching now sit down let me show you something so somebody says but jesus went to heaven question where is heaven heaven is not a geography if heaven were to be a geographical location this elon musk and jeff bezos will have been traveling now to heaven because now they're going to mass to turn mass into a planet where rich people will live and they're working at it they're not joking they are not joking at all. When you have stupendous wealth, you can think stupendous dreams. You know, not you that is still thinking of paying rent. I'm talking about people that are buying a planet. People that they don't know even how much they have. An accountant has to be meeting up because every second of the day, their money is rolling in in multi-millions per second. So they have money is scratching them. So they have discovered that this earth is too dirty for we and poor people to live inside. Let us go to space and create a place where a few of us will stay and will be visiting earth and going back home. Mad money. I'm serious. I watched George Jeff Bezos the other day when he went to outer space and came back. And I watched the next one where he took the guy that was the actor, put him in the, in, the, in, the, in the tablet, and shot him into outer space. The guy came back crying and saying, outer space is just darkness, darkness, darkness. And they're busy doing it. They have built a space center. These guys are stupendously rich. So if heaven was a geographical location somewhere, they will immediately design something that will get there. But the Bible tells us, put up for me on the screen, put up for me on the screen because of time I'll soon close this service. Second Peter 3:10. Can I close this service? Second Peter Daddy Ken is demo. Second Peter 3:10. Can we all read together? Second Peter 3:10. Everybody want to go. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief where in the night. In the in the which the heaven shall what? So heaven is not a geographical place because heaven will pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works inside shall be burnt up. Heaven can be a place in the sky. Otherwise when it is melting, heaven will melt. It's not a physical reality. When we get to heaven, shut up, get born again. CRK has done us injustice. CRK and that family book of Bible stories that Jehovah wickedness produced for us. That book is very wicked. That, you know that book? It's a yellow book like that. It's from Jehovah wickedness. Did I say wickedness or, or, or witness? I'm serious. They are the ones who wrote that book. And most people, their theology is from that useless book. And that theology is not correct. Many things CRK teachers are teaching our children in school is not Bible. I'm not joking. It was in school CRK teacher taught me that Satan was a choir master in heaven and that the body of Satan had musical instruments and that when Satan does like this all the instruments is a lie. Fat lie in the afternoon. 
from the segment of their imagination and they pump it into little children and make children be grow with that belief system. It's injustice. So now we are fighting to clean up and some people will never be clean because they have made up their mind they cannot allow what they have learned as children to go. And they cannot enjoy Christ because truth cannot be found in falsehood. Heaven is not a place you are traveling to. Follow the ladder. Lada, 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 lada. All of you are not innocent. <laughs> follow the ladder, follow the ladder, follow the ladder to heaven. Follow. When the old choir master inside me come alive, songs will be coming out like this. Which ladder are you climbing? To where? Heaven. Ladder. People play too much inside church. There's too much joke inside church. Ladder. To where? You can't even follow ladder to aircraft. At 35,000 feet above sea level. It's heaven you will follow ladder to. People are not thinking. The heaven shall be burnt. The earth shall be burnt with all the elements. Give me the next verse. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of men or persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Next verse. Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God. Wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Next verse. This is brother Peter. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. We're looking for a heaven. And an earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. We're looking for immortality. Immortality. Revelation 21.1 Revelation 21.1 And I saw a new heaven. Hey, Pastor Austin. I saw a new heaven. You know, you know, you know in Acts chapter 7 when they were stoning Stephen in Acts chapter 7 because of time I will read it. In the heat of their stone, Stephen said the heavens just open. He wasn't talking of a planet. His eyes opened into the euphoriaus. That's a Greek word. Into the immaterial. immaterial. And he says, I see the Son of God standing by the right hand of God. In your mind, it is like this. God is sitting down. Stoop a little. <laughs> Good deacon. And Jesus is standing by right hand. Show my right hand it is. <laughs> In your mind now, that is what you saw. Immediately I said it. You saw Jesus standing like this. Father is like this. Jesus is standing like, like, a, like a new recruit in the Nigerian police with black uniform with one one, one, one robe here. If Jesus tried to go add another one. No, that's not what it, Those are metaphors. In the Bible, there are metaphors. There are oxymorons. There are figures of speech because it's a literature. And when it was written, the laws of literature were applied in the writing of scripture. 
so that's why when you study you look for the figures of speech you look for the parables you look for the mysteries you look for the stories all of them you you begin to decipher them and pieces them and put everyone where it belongs to bring out what that text is communicating yes there are that was a figure of speech a metaphor jesus wasn't standing you know why i know jesus wasn't standing hebrews we're coming back to revelation hebrews 1 3 hebrews 1 3 who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins sat down sat down where they can come sit jesus sat down by the right hand of the father that's what you're thinking <laughs> stephen saw jesus standing hebrews said they sat down so stand and sit who is correct <laughs> question is he standing or sitting <laughs> now you don't want to answer again <laughs> You know, you people now so you take like me. I ask for you now answer again. Now they trick me now. And I trick me now. Then I ask for you like make it the answer. Now you the answer. Make it the interpreter. Maybe you the talker. We will talk and now you talk up. But I see no standing people say mean they there. Standing, standing means a job finished. Sitting means a job completed all the same so whether he say he stood or he sat the important thing is that no action was going on so it's a metaphor right hand doesn't mean right hand you know that amala hand that uh, uh, which one would it do for bielsa starch that starch no be no be right hand right hand means regency it means jesus is the regent on high that means jesus is the total authority of heaven that means jesus is the face that you will see you won't see god nobody sees god god cannot be seen he's immortal cannot be seen but we see jesus so jesus is the image of the invisible that means jesus sits down as the face of divinity he's the only one that interfaces with humanity on the behalf of divinity so when he say he sat down it means he finished and he's in a resting position because there's nothing else to be done. So when Stephen said, I saw him standing, it is the language of visions. And visions have parables. He wasn't like standing, but the important thing was the right hand. But his eyes had to be opened to see it, meaning it's not physical, it's spiritual. So heaven is not a location, but it's an immaterial realm. So question, where is heaven? heaven is wherever jesus is listen in america potus or flotus that's the president or the wife of the president potus or flotus any career they decide to enter if potus decides to enter any career any if he likes he can come to nigeria and enter arik the moment joe biden enters arik air Arik Air is no more Arik Air. It becomes Air Force One. So Air Force One is not a vehicle. Air Force One is the president. 
So anywhere the president enters, that car or plane becomes Air Force One. So Joe Biden makes Air Force One Air Force One. Once he leaves it, it is no more Air Force One. It is him entering it that makes it Air Force One. So where is heaven? Wherever Jesus enters becomes heaven. The day he entered your heart, you became heaven. Oh, I'm teaching good this afternoon. You are the father's house. You are the father's dwelling. He said, I will live in you. I will walk in you. So you are his abode. And I have news for you. You also live in him. He lives in you. So you and the father are in an inseparable union. He raised us up together. Made us sit together. In the heavenlies. Together. Eh? Revelation 21. I go soon close. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. Next verse. Uh, and I, John, saw the holy city. New Jerusalem coming down from God. Out of heaven. Watch, watch, watch. There's a play of words there. If you don't follow me now, you will miss it. It's not English language. I saw the holy city. New Jerusalem. Coming down. From God. Out of heaven. Heaven. New Jerusalem. Coming down from God. Out of heaven. Prepared as a bride. Adorned for her husband. The new heaven is not a place. It's a realm. In the believer. Watch the next verse. A theater. And I heard a great voice. Out of heaven saying. Behold. The tabernacle of God is with men. It's not in the space. And he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. I feel you, brother. That's the way it rolls. Are you still in the building? Some bright morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh glory. I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, ah, you are not a pigeon. Are you a pigeon? Eagle Christians. 
Barbella Christians. <laughs> you are not a pigeon. Why you won't fly? You never fly since they born you. Now when you die, you go to fly. Did you see Jesus fly? Why flying to? Don't sing because the song is sweet. Sing because it agrees with your reality. Fly where? Did you hear Sarah singing fly? Did you hear Neon singing fly? Where did they go play your home? Dun 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 I didn't say you sing. I say those kind of songs are good for matured people. Dum 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 matured people. Even if not for matured people, check what in then they talk first. Because they think they may be talking but not be for matured people. It might be for those without. We're not flying. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. No flying. No time difference. Boom. No time difference. It's reduced to minus, 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 minus. No time difference. Boom, boom. Just out of this planet, out of this planet is into the other planet. There's no difference. That's why the rapture is like a thief to the unbeliever. Huh? They are gone. Yes. Because the believer and Christ are together. Some say, are you saying Jesus is not coming again? He's coming again, but not the way you're thinking. He's coming again. The first time he came, he came for us. For us. He came from heaven to earth to show the way. No, he didn't come to show the way. He's not a way shower. Eh? He's not a way shower. Mm -mm. He is the way. He came as the way. The second time he came is what we're dealing with. I go, I come. The first time he came for us. The second time he came, he came into us. I go, I come. In. The third time he's coming, he's coming with us. It is called the manifestation of the sons of God. That scripture is not for material wealth. Manifestation is the parousia or the apocalypsis or the phenoresis. It's an appearance. It's not a travel. It's an appearance. It's an appearance because it's inside you. So the next coming is the full disclosure of what is inside the believer that this mortality has covered. So this mortality will give way so that the full potential of the born again man in Christ can show forth. And in that manifestation is the full redemption of the body. I'm teaching good. Let me show you. 2 Corinthians 5.1 I'll go close now. See, they reduce. They know they reduce. For now. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't catch you. Yes, you don't know. 
so dumb done eh? for we know somebody say we know touch your neighbor say go for knowledge go for knowledge go for knowledge tell somebody when pastor is teaching don't be at home eating banga soup when pastor is teaching be in church go for knowledge for we know that if our earthly house decay, this is your house house we are dissolved we have a building of God so God is not building he has finished the building we already have the building am I communicating we have a building of God and a house not made with what hands eternal where in the heavens where is the heavens in you so where is the house in you there is a house in you housed by another house outside you and the house in you has capacity to do everything but the house housing it outside limits it from doing what it can do I'm teaching good. Okay, next verse, brother. Next verse, next verse. For in this we groom. Earnestly mm. desiring to be what? No, say it very loud. If you say it louder, I will close in five, seven minutes. Oh, you don't want me to close? Are you serious? Don't worry, I will soon close. But I will see if next year I can come before no limit and do one week and just teach and teach and teach. This one, Daddy Ken, is not inviting me. I am inviting myself. And it's me and you that will plan it. If Daddy Ken like, he can, he can stay away and not come. It's me and you that will plan it. You agree? Okay, I will give you chairman of planning committee. Then I will send him the dates. I'll come and do one week. I will start Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We finish on Sunday. Bible study. What did I call it? You like him? You're sure? Okay, give me five minutes. Where can I finish so that that one will happen? Glory! Somebody shout here. Yeah. Now, for in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed. Somebody say clothed. So that means the new heaven is a clot. It's a clot. It's a clot to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Where is the heaven? Inside. So there's a clot inside you that will come out of you and swallow this house so that your full potentials can manifest you already have it so we don't pray to make heaven you are the heaven i'm teaching you bible not traditional belief 
This is pure Bible. Religion cannot handle this one. It's too radical. It's too radical. But that's Bible. Look at it now. To be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Next verse. Look at the next verse. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. Next verse. Next verse. For we that are in this tabernacle, we are groaning. Mm -mm. Mm. I want to be in America, but I have to follow a plane. If this body was not there, I would just blink my eye and be in America. Because in that body, time does not exist. In that body, matter does not exist. In that body, distance and space does not exist. But this one is subject to time, distance, and matter. So it limits my potential. Even though inside me, I know I'm better than this. So I'm groaning, being burdened, not for that we will be uncloted, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed. Somebody say swallowing. Say there shall be a swallowing from my inside, of my outside. Swallowed up of life. What life? Eternal life. Where is the eternal life? Inside. Next verse. Now he that hath wrought us for this self same thing is God who also has given to us the earnest of his spirit. The guarantee. There is a guarantee and a down payment. The moment you receive Jesus, there's a guarantee and a down payment that you are rapture ready. So instead of believers to ravel in their reality, some gospel will take a believer behind. And then the believer will be struggling to arrive at what he already is. Praying to be what he already is. You are God's heaven. Every time you wake up, God's heaven just woke up. When you move, all of God moves inside you. When you pray, it is God talking to God. So you can say, I thank you, Father, that you hear me. Somebody shout, that's my reality. And because that's what it is, inside you will, you will have a witness as I'm teaching. Something inside is telling you that is correct. Your mind may not be able to handle it, but your spirit is agreeing because there's a witness of the spirit. In this way, grown. He went, but didn't go. In his going was his arrival. So the going was not departure. The going was arrival. I go, I come. That is my going is to come. You are not hearing what I'm saying. See, what he means is, I go away from you here to come into you here. You didn't understand that. I go away from you here to prepare you inside so I can come inside and stay, which will be my death, burial, and resurrection. That's the reality. That's your reality. When you understand this, you walk on the earth like a champion. You're not afraid of anything. You're not afraid. You're not scared. You're in charge. Glory to God. Is somebody blessed this afternoon? Stand on your feet and say with me, that's my reality. 
I house God. I am God's dwelling place. All of God's authority. All of God's reality resides on my inside. I didn't hear powerful, amen. Are you blessed this afternoon? I mean, if you are glad, Dr. Doctor Daddy Ken brought me here. Clap for him, oh. Because our next conference, we will invite him as guest to come and watch us. <laughs> it is a good plan conference without you. Now you go even plan yourself. <laughs> The point I'm making is, as I keep teaching you and I see the way all of you are sucking in this world, I feel like actually coming and take my time and travel through some, some teaching, man. Just scatter your head. Just enter Yenubwa and just be looking for trouble. You just be looking for trouble. Anyway, they say there's a strong shrine. You just go there and urinate. And just walk away. Shrine don't finish. Why are you laughing like that? I'm serious. Just go around looking for trouble in town. You leave the meeting and enter hospital and just discharge sick people. See, when this thing done on you, you live above the natural. I'm serious. When you see the way some of us, they shake head like this because of what is bumping inside our, our spirit. You take charge of your world. You go for business. You subdue. You have an advantage that they don't have. You know what they know, but they don't know what you know. You use their own with them. Then you put your own on top. You kick them out. Say, I hear you. Say, I never lose in this life because of what I carry. I'm not telling a good amen. Say, I shift circumstances. I shift situations to work in my favor. In the name of Jesus. I didn't hear a good amen. Some of you, where you have interest, if they have to change people there and relocate them so that people that know and will favor you will enter, things will shift. You, you, you don't know what is happening. I said things will shift. I didn't say they will sack them, but I said they will shift them. I said they will shift them. Some of them will move to Abuja. And those in Abuja that will favor you move to Yenegoa. Some will move to Lagos. Those in Lagos will move to Things are shifting now. If your amen is louder, angels are shifting things. Angels are shifting things. In your business, in your career, on your job, even in your government, things are shifting. Things are shifting. Listen, listen, listen. Sometimes some people think they are too powerful. Not when they jam prayer. There's a way we will pray. We will not destroy you. We will not wound you. We will not kill you. And we will not make you poor. But we will shift you. We will shift you to another place and shift somebody to your own place who will favor us. It's allowed. Somebody say it's allowed. It is called the prayer of supplication. When you supplicate, supplication shifts things, moves things. You know, ladies that are believing God to be married and all the men are making guy for you enter supplication. Bam. Young men that want to marry every girl you talk to, she go does do one kind, one kind. Enter supplication. When you enter supplication, the first thing supplication you do is all these girls that are making younger for you, it will shift them one side. 
then it will arrange another set. We are ten of them are fit to be your wife and line them before you. Then you supplicate more, it will shift them until the right one stand out. And when she's standing out, two of you will be face to face. You say, What's up, man? She will say, What's up, brother? Connection don't happen. Supplication rearranges things, it changes things. If somebody you need in your life is in Japan, when you supplicate, Something will happen in Nigeria that will make him to move from Japan back. And it will be where you are. Somebody says supplicate. supplicate. See, let me tell you. The believer has power on the earth. You have power. The knowledge of it and supplication makes it happen. All that Christ has done will become a reality when you supplicate. It's not automatic. You have to supplicate. Prayer is giving God authority to interfere in the affairs of your life. That's prayer. Because God is not an area boy. He will not just walk into your life and make things happen. You have to give him permission. The permission for God to do those things is prayer. When you start dadodu, libata, bagoto, katana, kotota, you are telling God, I want you to interfere. So when you stay away from prayer meeting, you're cheating yourself. Because that is where we make things happen. See, I hear you. I'm speaking to you. Some of you here, the next one month, the next seven days, the next two months, some of you, the next three months, some of you, even within hours, Things are shifting in your favor miraculously. I said they are shifting miraculously. I said they are shifting miraculously. I said they are shifting miraculously. Closed doors are opening right now. Barriers are collapsing. Barriers are collapsing. Barriers are collapsing. Barriers are collapsing. In the name of Jesus. Let me have another amen. amen. I am fully persuaded that as you leave this conference today, you will sing a new song. Amen. You will grow in revelation knowledge. Amen. You will rise in power. Amen. You will walk in the fullness of Christ. Amen. And you will take charge of your world. Amen. If that amen is louder, receive it in the name of Jesus. I believe God that says there are some of you here things have not worked for you in a long time as we're speaking right now miracles are happening for you stretch your hands and shout I receive miracles in every area of my life I receive I receive I receive I receive miracles for my body for my mind for my job for my business for my marriage for my office and above all I function in my ministry of the word of God in the name of Jesus I didn't hear that amen like thunder your days of delay are over there's a plan of God for you 
There's a purpose of God for you. But let me tell you quickly. Bayelsa state will not always be like this. Even in your government, things are shifting. I'm not joking. Things are shifting. There will be commotion, rumbling, left, right, center, all over the land. And let me tell you this. People are going to replace people. People are going to, to, to replace people. All kinds of things are going to happen. And let me tell you, you will be in the place of favor. I'm not telling you amen at all. I speak to you by the authority of heaven. In the name of Jesus. Enjoy the rest that is yours. And harvest an abundance of testimonies. It is done. I say it is done. Do you believe it? When you leave this place this afternoon, stretch your neck like this. You know, when you're expecting something. Anywhere here, boom, yes. Boom, yes. Because you're expecting. Are you expecting? Some of you to be a call. Email. Somebody will talk about you. Introduction. Connection. Announcement. Like that. Congratulations. 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 Glory to God. Somebody shout a good amen. amen. Do you, are you happy this afternoon? We have a plan. What is our plan? One week of what? Nakatoba. It will happen. I will give you a date. Make a plan. Gather the whole Yenugwa. Make a condo. Go punish the devil. As I talk now, they look for where the one we go there. It will happen. Share don't promise. With microphone. It's done. Now, I want to take up your offerings quickly. We want to give and support this house, support this ministry. You know, I, I said in the first service, so much has gone into this conference. Ministers came from everywhere. They stayed in hotels, flew, and all of that. It's time to support the house, support Pastor Daddy Ken, support them. Let's make it easy so that after this conference, the bills were paid and things are being done for this house. It will be a great thing. So if you're making a check, make it out in the name of this house. If you're making bank transfers, the bank account is on the screen. And if you came with your own money for the, to support this work, you can do it cash. But I want you to know that every time you give, you make it easy for the work of Christ to be carried out. We preach not for money, but we preach to in, impact you. And when you are impacted, you make your money available so that more people can be impacted. Blessed to be a blessing until all the families of the earth are blessed. Are you excited? Get out your offerings now. Lift it up. Those of you making transfers, thank you. Online community, go ahead and do yours. The banking details are on the screen. We are so excited about this. 
Glory to God. And those of you online, when we are planning the one week, we will announce it for you online so that you can follow us. But make sure also when we announce, you support it to yourself. Online too. God bless you. Lift up your offerings. Father, we give in faith. We give with joy. Thank you for the privilege to honor the word and to honor what Christ has done. Through our givings, we celebrate what you have done. Thank you for revelation, knowledge, and insight. We leave this place never the same. In Jesus' name we pray. Every believer sings a powerful amen. amen. Now listen, before they sing and I give the microphone, hold on sister, before they sing and I hand over the microphone, I want to thank all of you for your love and all that you did to make sure I enjoyed my stay. All of the protocol people, wonderful people, always have come to this city. They just take out their time and just give themselves to make sure I am comfortable. In fact, they over comfortable me, sir. They over comfortable me. You know, all of the protocol, every one of you, those who drive, you know, it's been like that year in, year out. And I truly enjoy my stay. We enjoyed our stay. And uh, we look forward to being with you for a whole week. You know, and uh, it's going to be glorious. And if I don't see you for the rest of this year, Happy New Year. It's going to be a wonderful 2022. Amen.